all of you and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. From the Gospel of St. Mark, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Walk with me, if you will, through the tale of, of two different men. The first can perhaps best be described as the drunkard. There was nothing he would not guzzle down so long as it promised to stir up something in him which he feared, if it remained stagnant for too long, would threaten to undo him. Beer halls sufficed, but brothels were better. There's not a drug he would not try, there is no door he would not darken if he felt he could find relief inside. He would do anything to scratch this itch, reaching for the sharpest object he could find, sighing with satisfaction, all the while ignoring that he was bleeding out. One afternoon, he's invited to a party. It's a typical weekday for him. His old buddy Levi, the tax collector, has a guest. So the drunkard is heard tell of this man at the end of the table, this vagabond preacher, this ragged revivalist. This man has the reputation of being a real holy roller. And yet here he is, feasting with fiends like him. The drunkard was just thinking about how much he liked this guy when suddenly he felt the mood shift. A shadow from the doorway fell across the room. A small group of men stood blocking the light. A gathering of the local do-gooders, or at least that's the name they like to use for themselves. The drunkard and his friends had other names, browbeaters, Torah thumpers, the morality police, shutting down every party just as it got interesting. The drunkard sort of unwittingly locks eyes with, with the one closest to him, and though he was a stranger, the eyes were familiar, like, like those of a disappointed father or an exasperated brother. We'll call this second man the lawkeeper. Coming to himself, the lawkeeper averts his gaze and turns his attention to his superior, the ringleader, who is currently butting heads with a member of the traveling preacher's entourage. The drunkard can barely hear what's being said. The words tax collector pop out, sinner. Although the drunkard's closer to the door than the traveling preacher, it seems that the mysterious guest has heard every word. He shouts out to the party crashers, and everyone stops to listen. Hey, don't you guys know about triage? People in good health don't need doctors. It's the sick that require medical attention. I've not come to help out the righteous. I've come for the people who are mired in sin. The drunkard sat there dumbstruck. He ought to have been angry, he thought. Indignant, put off by these words of judgment. But he wasn't. It was no doubt a judgment. But best likened to the kind a mother makes when she notices the slightest change in complexion and demeanor, spotting the fever without even needing to feel the warmth. Only a fool detests the doctor's diagnosis. After all, the drunkard himself knew he was sick. That was not news. The news was that there was a doctor in town. 
and that apparently he was making house calls, even if the people in the house were like him. So the law keeper shuffled out with the rest of his gang behind the self-righteous ringleader all the way back to the synagogue. They seethed and strategized. The ringleader reminded them of their ancestors' failure in the desert when so many had given themselves over to Baal of Peor, the lord of the opening. See, these wicked, wicked, weaker Israelites had been seduced by temple prostitutes who then exposed them to these vile and degrading practices performed in the name of this wicked, false god. It was Aaron's grandson, Phineas, the ringleader reminded them, who drove a spear through the heart of the traitors. Such a task may indeed fall to us. The law keeper was given the unenviable assignment of shadowing the traveling preacher and his derelict disciples. He rose early one Sabbath morning, hoping to slip out before the rest of his household had gotten out of bed. He was not so lucky. His wife demanded to know where he was headed. Well, we received some reports that the preachers in some fields on the outskirts of town, the law keeper said. Perhaps if we can catch him violating the Sabbath, then we could arrest him. She stared at him in utter disbelief. And this that you do now to set out to trap a man to find him in the wrong on a day of rest? Is this itself not a wicked work? He told her she didn't understand and set about looking for his sandals. She asked him when he'd be home, but he gave no answer. As he left, he heard the children ask if they could stay home from synagogue now since father would not be joining them. He just kept walking. Eventually, he did find the preacher and his followers. They were out picking grain in a field, and they were eating it. So he sent word back to his superiors. They did their best to corner the preacher, but he swiftly recalled the story of David and the bread of presence and said some strange things about the Son of Man and somehow avoided arrest. The following week, they did not have to go looking for the preacher. He made it easy for them. The law keeper was in the synagogue with the ringleader and the rest when the preacher and his band of ruffians sauntered in looking for trouble. The preacher glanced about before his gaze landed on a local man whose, whose fingers were curled up together like a frozen branch. So he called out to the hurting man and called him over. And the law keeper and the ringleader watched as the preacher reached out and restored this man's hand. Well, after this incident, the law keeper was sent to parley with Herod and his cronies. It seemed like not long ago, these rats posing as royalty had been the nation's primary problem in the mind of his superiors. But this shared enemy had shifted the ground, at least for now. The troublesome traveling preacher was changing things. It was a few months before our friend the drunkard found himself sharing a meal with this mysterious man out of Nazareth again. Levi was there, as were a few thousand other folks. He didn't get to talk to the preacher that day, but he heard him teach, and he also ate some of the bread that was being passed around, a meal fit for an army that had appeared out of the air. Word of this remarkable picnic spread throughout the countryside. The law keeper caught wind of this along with murmurs of a half dozen other or so called miracles, water walkings, 
storm ceasings, things were quickly getting out of hand. He met up with some of his comrades from Jerusalem and he, and he brought them up to speed. So they found the preacher and his scruffy company of fishermen and the like and they were chowing down on their lunch. These dirty sailors hadn't even washed up before they started to shove their mouth full of food. Well, the law keeper wasn't the least surprised. I mean, he'd seen them pick and eat food straight from the stalk. He'd heard detailed accounts of this feast in the field. This to him seemed like small beans. But the representatives from Jerusalem were beside themselves. An argument broke out, debate over the law. Then the preacher said something that stopped them all in their tracks, that stuck itself firmly into the law keeper's craw, that had he been around to hear it, would have turned the drunkard's world upside down. You, you don't need to be so worried about the stuff out there getting in. That can't destroy you. It's the stuff you've already got brewing inside you that you need to be worried about. That's what destroys. Let the readers understand that the truth is we are, each of us, either drunkards or law keepers. And God help us, many of us are both at the same time. And the fact is that either one of these has the strength to erode our souls. I mean, God gave the law in love. Did you hear that reading from Deuteronomy? The people were supposed to look at Israel and be wowed that this nation had been given this gift. So God gave this lovely gift, but we make it a burden. We think that treasures require strong safes and deep, dark caverns to protect them. And we may hope that by latching our misshapen desires to a longer and longer list of rules that we would be freed from sin. No. God's grace is a floating, free thing. The error we make is that our rules so often don't seek to affix our hearts and faith to this force that would have us fly. No, instead, we're not willing to follow it wherever it would have us go. No, instead, we look around for heavy, heavy weights, hoping that we can tie it down. We refuse to search for sails, and instead, we seek out anchors with which we could drown mercy. How often do you or I repress what God desires to release? How often do we allow things to fester, to hide in our darkness place? Well, friends, the law given as a sweet gift grows bitter if it steeps too long in our bowels. At least, I suppose we might say, the drunkard is honest. Authenticity, oh, the new currency of our culture, he has it in spades. Of course, being honest about your disease doesn't necessarily mean you want to get better. So drunkards know some part of the truth, but often they fail to want to be set free. Get this in your head. We are not wicked because we binge on alcohol or opioids or human flesh or anything else. 
Our wickedness merely requires an outlet, and these things will do just fine. These acts are evil, but it is the will that drives these actions that is the source. How often have you, like me, stood alone in the garden, staring at the fruit, hoping that a serpent will wander by and try to seduce us so that we'll have someone else to blame. So the one side shouts out to the other, you're repressed. This is why you're in anguish. It is why you cause so much pain to others. You hate yourself. And your hate has no recourse but to spill out everywhere, all upon anyone who crosses your path. Meanwhile, the other side shouts back, You indulge every desire that floats through your heart and mind because you believe it is an authentic expression of your individuality. This is why you tear apart families and societies and finally yourself. Well, friends, to both, the traveling doctor comes calling because there is no one righteous, no, not even one. The faithful physician offers us true medicine which would cure us from serving the dominion of death, a dominion that each of these divisions serves with delight. St. Gregory of Nyssa tells us that those whose lives are subsumed with poison have need to drink deeply of the antidote as often as it is offered to them. This medicine which is neither a wretched repression or an indiscriminate indulgence, but is rather the fruit of a new life born through the death of God's beloved Son. Even now, the Father is making provision for you, for your greatest need. Not a list of rules that we can cling to white knuckle, but rather a law that keeps us. Even now, the sun pours forth true drink designed to stir up the dormant divinity sleeping in each of us. Even now, the Spirit makes this gift manifest in a myriad of ways. We've heard some wonderful teaching in the past month about one of them, the sacrament that many of us will partake in today, the bread that remakes our bodies, the wine that washes our souls. Yet understand that there are many, many means of grace. Two that come to my mind automatically are the scriptures and the saints, the word of life that reshapes our own words and our own lives, and the people that God has given us. Those in the pew around you, those who sat in these pews half a century ago, those who even now stand in the company of heaven. These three, I think, the scriptures, the saints, and the sacraments are three wonderful streams where we are likely to encounter the Spirit. So come, all of you who thirst, come to the water.
us pray. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within us. Lord, cast us not away from your presence. Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. And uphold us with a willing spirit that we might be filled, that we might be free, and that we might fly. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.